Hello and welcome to another edition of the Standick Room Only Podcast. Yes, I'm your host, Ben Standick, and I cover the Washington Commanders for The Athletic, which means, well, today was cutdown day in Ashburn, and obviously, you know, usually the who's who's going to stay, who's going to go to get to 53 is the, is the story of the day. In this case, though, of course, there's a real-life situation going on with regarding to Brian Robinson, the third-round pick from the University of Alabama who was shot uh, twice on Sunday afternoon in an attempted uh, armed robbery. The good news is that Brian Robinson is on the mend. He's already out of the hospital. He, in fact, was at Redskins. Redskins. He was at the Washington Commander's facility today. Um, He did have surgery. He he was shot twice in the uh, lower extremities. Uh, There was a report about a knee and a hip, but regardless, um, that did happen. Scary stuff. But he's going to be okay. He's In fact, he's going to be okay to the point he may not even go on injured reserve or um, the non-football injury list or any of those types of lists. Uh, but he didn't today. He's still on the 53. Ron Rivera said it's because they've they've got some options. And among those options is keeping him on the 53. So we'll talk about that. We'll also break down the, the the overall roster, go through kind of everything that happened today with my friend at, at the Washington Post, Nikki Javala, who uh, returned uh, to this podcast today. We just had a conversation going through all these aspects. Of course, we talked about what was surprising about cutdown day. We talked about how bright the Brian Robinson situation perhaps affected some things. Uh, we talked about what we're most excited for this season, where we have some concerns and all that good stuff. So we'll get to all that here in just a moment. Of course, if you want to follow Nikki on Twitter, she is at Nikki Job Vala. Uh, I am, of course, at Ben Standing. And you can go check me out at The Athletic. Now, before we get to that and before the 53 and all that, if you missed it, um, I've had a few stories up this week. One of them I really hope everybody can has a chance to take a look at. It's my annual NFL agent survey, the fourth annual NFL agent survey, uh, where I talk to all kinds of agents, some of the biggest names uh, in the agent game, all the way through the ranks to some people who are just uh, you know, relatively new and to get their perspective on their industry, but also various league topics. We got, we talked about um, Lamar Jackson's contract and polarization. Obviously agents, Lamar Jackson doesn't have an agent. It, the agents I spoke with have some thoughts on that, but not necessarily all what you may think about, about, about that. Uh, they talked about who is the most powerful person in the league and who is subtly the most powerful person in the league, somebody who, who does a good job working behind the scenes. We talked about Brian Flores's lawsuit, um, discrimination lawsuit against the NFL, but getting the perspective of people who work, you know, who had to associate with Brian Flores. Some people are, of course, 100% in their corner, but other people have a different perspective, at least in terms of their interaction with Flores and just whatever else was going on with Miami. Uh, we And yes, we did talk about Dan Snyder. Specifically, do the agents think that the owners would ever turn on Dan Snyder um, and vote him out as owner? Uh, got into that. I've, and my, my, the questions I ask every year about general managers, who's the best town evaluator? Uh, 
who who do they trust the most? Who do they trust the least? Who are uh, and who's in the future GM to watch? Um, bunch of other topics too. I really enjoy this one every year. I really appreciated the feedback from people I have heard from. If you haven't seen it, go check it out. And look, if you haven't subscribed to the Athletic yet, it's a dollar a month. Click on the survey, boom, you're good to go. And then of course, we're right here at the start of the season. You'll get all my commanders coverage, which includes my breakdown of the 53, um, why they made certain choices and all that. Plus you get the entire kit and caboodle at the athletic, whether it's uh, Shams, Charania, you know, of course, one of the best NBA uh, or, you know, the, the go-to NBA insider out there, Ken Rosenthal, the go-to baseball um, insider, Tarek El-Bashir on the Capitals, my friend Britt Giroli covers baseball the entire NFL, all that stuff. So go check out that. Go click on my survey. I appreciate that. Um, and of course, subscribe to this podcast, iTunes or anywhere you do your podcasting. Okay. Uh, just some quick thoughts before I get to Nikki. So obviously the Brian Robinson thing, we're really glad, of course, that he's pulling through first and foremost and that, you know, we, we've gotten a little bit of an update about his condition and Nikki and I talked about that, but We'll still have to see, I guess, um, you know, what, where he, where he is at, but the fact that it's even up for debate that he could be on this roster and stay on this roster, you know, week one, not that he would play week one, presumably, but that they don't feel they have to put him on uh, the NFI. Now the deal is if you go on the NFI or even injured reserve, you've got to miss at least four games, but we've got about what it's August. 30th the first game is september 11th right so you've got about a little roughly two weeks just to get to week one they would have to put him on nfi before the season started so you've got these like 10 days two weeks plus the first month of the season if you think he's going to be able to play at all in that range then it makes sense to keep him on the roster now you might be saying, well, what, why blow a roster spot? Well, remember, with the practice squad, you can elevate two players again each game. So you're really not blowing a roster spot. Plus, you have the, the several players who are inactive anyway, right? So it's really not that big of a deal. They also did keep Jonathan Williams on as a running back, so they still will have three running backs regardless, assuming that Williams stays up. So all, all those factors, um, again, football is not the biggest issue, but we are talking about football and the fact that it's even conceivable that he can play uh, or be a, you know, be uh, possibly play is remarkable. I mean, it is, um, you know, it, it's been quite a 72 hours um, in, in, in dealing with him from the scariness of hearing he gets shot to the fact that today Ron Rivera suggesting he might be able to play uh, early in the season. So uh, that is pretty remarkable. Other aspects of the roster that um, Nikki and I didn't really get into too much they kept five tight ends. Now, four for some people is one too many. I always had four with obviously Logan Thomas, John Bates, Cole Turner, and Armani Rogers, who really stood out uh, this year uh, throughout training camp. He was quieter early on, but he really came. He really started to shine in training camp. The tight end who was who was shining earlier in the offseason, Curtis Hodges, also made this team uh curtis hodges has not practiced for the last week or so so ron rivera today when he's asked about hey how come you've got five cornerback five tight ends but only four cornerbacks and 
you know, are you still looking for other pieces? And he said that we're not done yet. And my assumption would be there one or two players, perhaps go um, on IR. If you go on IR today, which three players did, including Keith Ishmael, then in theory, you're done for the season unless you get bought out or you go in the season IR and you're out four weeks. So uh, Hodges, you don't need five tight ends, obviously, but they clearly like him. Six foot eight, really nice pass catcher. We had Logan Paulson on earlier this year talking about how much he likes um, Hodges. So they kept them all five. That's two undrafted free agents. Kudos to the scouting department for getting two undrafted free agent tight ends to stick. Um, that's pretty good. I will just mention with Rogers, I had an executive with another team reach out to me uh, beginning of this week, asking me if I thought Rogers would make the team because they were intrigued by him. Uh, they mentioned that they were at his, I guess, pro day he was at UCLA and they really liked him and they, you know, they gave some props to Washington for uh, getting that done. So I just, that that's just wildly interesting. The fact that John Bates and Cole Turner have returned to practice this week and Logan Thomas is still progressing is, is good. And hopefully uh, they'll have a, a full contingent of options there. But right now they have five, likely one too many in terms of the 53. But as I said, you can um, put Hodges on IR, sign another cornerback because they only have four cornerbacks. You know the top three. Christian Holmes is the fourth. Now, I did my 53-player projection. I kept him off. Obviously, I was wrong on that. They cut Danny Johnson and Corn Elder. If you had said to me, here's the deal, only one of those three is staying, who are you picking? I actually would have said Christian Holmes because my thinking was they seem to be in a mode of we got to win now, right? And Danny Johnson and Corn Elder are veterans who've been around. Christian Holmes is a seventh-round pick. I don't know how much you're trusting a seventh-round pick or at all. I'm reminded, of course, Cam Curl was a seventh-round pick, and obviously he he played well immediately. Uh, that said... Washington did move on from those two guys. Nikki and I talked about that more in depth in a little bit, so I won't step on that too much. But that's an unusual situation. Only have four tie, uh, four cornerbacks. They do have five safeties. Jeremy Reeves, the fan favorite, makes the roster. He 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 arrived in Washington in 2018 during the year, and then each of the next three years, he was cut before the 53. He might have even been the last cut, right? A couple of times, he seemed to be always on the cusp, but then they kept bringing him back. He's on the practice squad. And now he's on the real team. And kudos to him for, uh, for for persevering. Ron Rivera has talked about Reeves a lot over the last couple of years about his attitude, his positive attitude, um, even though he's, you know, having to wait his turn. So it's great to see a guy like Jeremy Reeves make this team. On the flip side, Jared Patterson is among those waived. You know, the feel-good story from last year, local kid makes the team, Chase Young's buddy from growing up. He gets beat out by Jonathan Williams. I don't think that's a surprise. It wasn't to me. I had Williams on my 53 projection originally, even before Robinson's injury. And, um, you know, I for reasons we'll get into again in a little bit, that just made uh, sense to me. Other than that, I don't think there's anything overly crazy for sure uh, in terms of either the number of players at a certain position or the, uh, the, the specific players. Shaka Tony makes it as, you know, more or less the ninth 
defensive lineman. Um, Dax Milne is the sixth receiver slash returner. Um, Rivera said that Antonio Gibson could still be in the line to return kicks, but I find that hard to believe if if Robinson misses time that you're going to you know have Gibson do both. Nonetheless, um, Dax Milne made the team. I wrote about him the other day. I think that made a ton of sense, and obviously they kept all three quarterbacks uh, as you know we all knew that they would. So that's the gist there. I'm going to get into more specifics with Nikki. That's just the basic overview. But again. If you're concerned about this roster makeup, just have some patience. They're good. The waiver wires, they'll be scouring the waivers. I'm sure they are right now. They'll they'll see what they can find. Now they may not find anything, but they'll they'll be looking. And I'm sure they will add a cornerback or two at least before week one, if not over the next 24 hours, and perhaps some other positions as well. Um, all right, so let's get to my conversation. With Nikki again, make sure you subscribe to the podcast as well as the athletic. But here we go. We're going to talk uh, more about Brian Robinson, the 53, and what we see upcoming and, and things we like, things we don't. We'll do that right now here on the Standard Room Only Podcast. All right. As a promise to help me break down a cut down day, you know her. You love her, and most of all, you read her at the Washington Post. She is Nikki Jabala. Uh, we, uh, I mean, obviously, I see you all the time, and we've talked when I was on the radio. We have not talked on here since your triumphant return, and the people want to know, like, how, uh, how how's it going? Um, it's going great. Um, my hair's starting to come back, and I look like a chia pet. Just add water. Um, <laughs> I feel good, and I'm very glad to be back. Um. Uh, I'll 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 put you on the on the on the spot with this because you like that. So obviously this Brian Robinson situation, I want to get your this general take on kind of where all things happen. But obviously a lot of talk about perspective this week because you know obviously it's an incredibly scary situation to hear somebody you know get shot. And we talked to the Carson Wentz and Terry McLaurin the other day about the you know how this sort of sobered them in terms of you know, worrying so much about football, you got life stuff, whatever, uh, based on that, but also like this with your own situation have you like had any epiphanies about life, change perspectives, anything along those lines? No. And I did not, you know, get a social life during all of this, obviously. So I'm still back at ground zero. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, you know, going through something like this has definitely put things into perspective. Um, I still think my life is work and dogs and family, but I like that. Um, I guess the things that have changed are, you know, not to get into too much of a therapy session with you, Ben, but I think just for, for people who don't know, I assume people know, but like, you know, you had a bone marrow transplant more or less, right? Yep. I had a bone marrow transplant. I had severe aplastic anemia. My bone marrow was failing. So underwent chemo and radiation and had a transplant. Um, and that was about what, three months ago. So you come out of it, it takes a while. I'm still going to need like a year to fully recover. Um, but I feel stronger and I feel very good and I'm very grateful to be at this point. And I think going through that, it does change your perspective. Like I, I still, you know, wake up at random hours in the night, breaking out as if I, I miss like a, you know, a transaction by the commanders or something. It's, and that's true. I do do that. Um, but it's, 
it's not that I care any less. I think I'm able to put that in perspective more and realize, you know, one transaction will not change everything. And it's more important for me to get sleep. <laughs> so I've been able to prioritize things in my life a little bit better. Hopefully it lasts. It probably won't knowing my history. Um, but for now I'm borderline sane. So my mother's happy about that. Well, good. Well, good. I'm glad, I'm glad, I'm glad that look, not, not glad to, you had to go through all this, but glad that, um, you know, you're feeling good and, you know, you, you are, you're doing all the good things out there on the team. You have, have tons of energy as we all know, um, what you needed today because cut down day is a lot going on. You gotta, you know, figuring out what, who's going where, um, I will just say there is a narrative out there put forth by some people who make fun of those who chase down um, all the transactions, including for the players that some will claim they've never heard of. Every player matters. Well, it's like punters are people too. Every player matters. But here's and here and and I agree. But like putting aside whether people who would say that are just punting their responsibilities to a degree on the beat and making fun of those who are trying. This the, look at the fifty three. Could if I had if I had if we had tweeted out Dejon Harris was waived, I guarantee many people would be like, "What do you do? Why are you wasting your time?" Guess what? He actually made the roster, and so did yeah. um, Milo Eichler, who only nominally did. Some people have a sense of like I think we I think we both had him on our fifty three, but it's not like you know he's like if he had been waived, nobody would be going, "What the heck?" On the flip side, you know Danny Johnson, Corn Elder get cut. So this is just my way of saying. This is why you do this thing. This is why you put in the put in the time. You know, you you you, you drink the coffee. All these things, because you never know. <laughs> what are you saying about my Starbucks addiction? Well, you you explained to us earlier that you're now down to like you know, uh, well, one regular coffee, no shots. So I wouldn't say I'm down. You know, during the whole transplant, it didn't taste as good. So now I'm finally restarting my addiction and I got to work my way back up. It's like earning a spot on the 53, you know, I'm like a rookie practice squad level, you know, give me a year or two in the system. I'll be comfortable and I'll be back up to my venti with four shots. You're on the Curtis Samuel side field of coffee right There's now. A plan. There's a the, plan. <laughs> there is a plan. There, there is, there is a plan. Um, all right, so I've, I've already I had I made speaking of plans I made one I said here we're going to answer these questions and I've already steered us in twenty three <laughs> other directions. Um, l- let me go back to Brian Robinson. I talked about it at the top of the show. I haven't talked about it though. This is the first time I've talked about it on this podcast. Like, it, it, w- w- what a seventy two hours to find out that he gets shot and twice. You're like, oh my, what what the hell? And here we are on Tuesday. Where like ah, they don't even put him on an injured list yet. He may actually be on the fifty-three, and which could potentially mean he would play in the first month of the year. World one of events. Where are you at with yeah. all things Brian Robinson? I mean, I would. It's been a whirlwind, and I'm just somebody who's watching from afar. I'm not somebody who's involved in certainly going through it, but it's been a whirlwind. Um, I I'd say first and foremost, I, I think it's wonderful that he's okay. Um, you know, when you hear that somebody gets shot twice. In an armed robbery attempt, your first thought is, oh, my gosh, is he alive? Is he going to be okay? Is he going to make it? And, um, you know, it was a very um, unfortunate thing that happened, but it, it, it appears anyway that it's very fortunate news that has come out of it regarding his injuries and that um, he avoided more significant injury because the bullet didn't go 
it didn't damage bone or ligament, especially on his knee. So I, I think that's a very good thing. Um, you know, and, and whether he stays on the 53 or, or not, I think the fact that they brought up Jonathan Allen, so they do have three Jonathan active Williams. backs. Jonathan Williams, sorry, that they they have three active backs now. I think that gives them some flexibility. They can stick with that and bring him back as soon as he's healthy, Brian Robinson. Um, or if they believe he's he's going to need more time to recover, they can put him on NFI or IR um, and, and give him those minimum four weeks. But I, I think it's a good sign that they didn't immediately put him on NFI um, to open the season. I mean, it's, it's again, it's crazy. I mean, we're obviously we're reporting this, but we're, you know, in the dark to a degree, Ron Rivera today. There's been various reports over the last 48 hours, what, what body part got hit, what damage was there or not there. And he's not really confirmed too much. There was a report today by Mike Garofolo with NFL Network that the bullet, a bullet, went through his knee but did not touch any of the knee parts that we all discuss all the time when when people have a, you know an actual like knee injury Rivera did not confirm that but he also didn't deny I, was able to it. Confirm it. I was I was able to confirm later about that part um which I think is very promising news for Brian I mean for his own health more so than anything yeah yeah for sure um but you know especially for him and his position I I think that's a very good sign that he, you know, can perhaps come out of this with with a much shorter recovery than maybe they anticipated at first. Yeah, I mean, like like you said, whirlwind. I mean, it, it really is. It's hard to believe if you had told me on Sunday night we'd be on Tuesday discussing could, could he play. I'd be like, I mean, who 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 possibly uh, yeah. could, could know? And you know, we talk about the dark cloud that's over always over this organization. There was literally one this afternoon. Did you see it? I did. It was I, just over the commander's practice facility. It was totally clear behind us. I, I got a photo of it. So. Yeah. No, I, t- I tweeted out a picture and said dark clouds over Ashburn. And some people <laughs> had a specific reaction uh, to, uh, to, to, to that. Um, but like, if I, you know, if like Saturday we had said, okay, what's the number one bright spot that's come out of this training camp. You could easily have made the case that it is Brian Robinson. I mean, he's, Forget Antonio Gibson for a moment. Brian Robinson was looking like he was going to be the, I don't want to say starter, but the lead back, the the, yeah. the early down guy. That's what they were missing last year. I think they think that. I I kind of agree. He was going to give them that. And now this is the one guy. I mean, you wouldn't want it to happen to anybody. Yeah. But of all the people, this guy, the, the 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 one time there's something going good here, this happens. Again, fortunately, yeah. he's, he's, he's on the mend. But even that, it's just this is where things are around here, it feels it's- like. What's even wilder about his story is, you know, go back to the draft. They pick him. And I think a lot of people, myself included, were like, what? They took a back there? Why? <laughs> you know? And and he, he was sort of that question mark going into, you know, the offseason. Then he comes in. He's huge. Um, and, and he's just he's just an impressive runner to watch. And he was clearly going to earn a, a significant spot on this offense. Um, and then two weeks before the opener, he deals with this. Now he could come back sooner. It's just been roller coaster for this kid. Yeah, no, it's 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 unbelievable. But okay, so again, he's on the mend. Real life, it sounds like he's on the mend football wise. Um, so we move from there. Although his his situation, Rivera acknowledged that 
altered some of their plans and didn't get into it too specifically. They did keep a fourth back. I kind of took it that they were going to keep Jonathan Williams anyway. I mean, that's I, that's how I interpret what he said, or maybe I wanted to interpret that because I put Jonathan Williams on my original fifty-three, and you know, you gotta, you got, you gotta, mm. you, you, you got, you know, you, you want to take credit for that Jonathan Williams right now while you can. Yeah, yeah I get, it. I get it. Do your thing. But I mean, right? I mean, is that did, did you? Because and what what he said was specifically was that Williams made it over Jared Patterson, who was one of the guys released today because his style is more akin to Brian Robinson yeah. and that's what they want. And I think on some level that that phrase that, cause that's what we want is the key to this whole offense. I mean, not, not getting cards once, but that they recognized last year that that ball control that was working during the winning streak was working and they wanted to replicate that. And that Gibson for as good as he is, is not that guy. He's not consistent yeah. in that. And that's why they got Robinson and, you know, to a my, more minor extent, why Williams uh, is sticking around. Yeah. And I think, you know, as Ron Rivera has said throughout preseason, stressed even more recently, is it's been about skill set. They're trying to find three guys who have various skill sets that can complement each other. Um, you know, and they're all very different styles running back, you know, AG, JD, and Brian Robinson. So it would only make sense to bring up Jonathan Williams if he's more like Robinson, who he's probably going to fill in the most for. Um, you know, I think Jared Patterson is a very good back. He's been playing the position for a very long time. He's overcome his size and anything like that. Um, but for what they need, Williams made more sense. I just realized Lenny uh, was behind me. He just left. So uh, apparently he. Yeah, uh, it, was a, it was a cool little view right there with the cat. I was mostly looking at the cat. Oh, that's why that's why I have him here. But he's a big Jared Patterson fan. So I think this was a little tough for him. Um, you know. All right, let, let's get to some of the other uh, aspects of the 53. I, I I gave you some homework. The question is, give, give me a word to describe your view of the 53. I, I can give you mine if you're not ready yet, but uh, but otherwise, get you know, guess goes first. Mm, not to be pessimistic, but I would say non-contender. I think I think they have been, you know, not they weren't a contender last year. It doesn't you can still have a winning season and not be a contender. Um, but I, I think they have made upgrades throughout the roster. I think Carson Wentz is an upgrade, definitely. Um, adding Jahan Dotson was huge. If they can get um Brian Robinson back, that'll be great for the offense. Um, they have a deep tight end room, assuming everybody can stay healthy. Um, and once Chase comes back you know, that defensive line will be intact again. And I think that's still the crux of this team, offense or defense. But there are a lot, those crux are a lot a of good, it. Crux is a good word, sorry. Yeah, you like that, huh? Um, I just think it's a – I just think that that group is is central to the team and where they go, the team will go. Um, but those are a lot of what ifs, you know, if the tight ends can stay healthy, if Brian Brian Robinson comes back healthy, um, you know, if Carson Wentz can stay consistent and healthy, um, you know, the, so to me on paper, there's a lot of potential, but there's yet to be any noticeable difference from, from last year. And that's not a knock on them. It's just, they got to prove it. I mean, you say there's no difference. Are you, I mean, what, what, I don't know what you mean. They kept their entire starting defense in there. What do you mean? There's no difference. Oh, wait, sorry. That's a, that's a, that's the opposite of the example there. Um, all right. The word, the word I went with, I, I we're going to say it's a word, one word uh, the, about the roster top heavy ish. Cause like, just say top heavy. Well, but, it, but ish. Cause I got Cause top heavy almost makes it sound like it's like, LeBron, Dwayne Wade, and Chris Bosch. 
Like, I'm just saying, like, the starting lineup, if we if 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 the, if the NFL was just the starters and we said that we can just team compete, I'm like, yeah, you know, the, like again, there's the Carson Wentz questions and the defense and third down, but like I I I can talk myself into it. But you go in a sport where injuries happen, there yeah. are not it's, many. It's, it's, yeah, it's a drop. It's yeah. a yeah, and and we'll talk more. I'm sure about the the back seven of the defense, but other than the running back room, which of course now is dealing with the Brian Robinson situation. So their depth there to some degree is a little bit off. It's, uh, you know, there's this, it feels like in a lot of spots, they're once they're one sprained ankle or one issue away from being a problem problem. And obviously there are some positions where you need more guys within the game, you know, cornerback being an example. So there's a, I I think their talent uh, has upgraded a lot in Mm -hmm. over the last three years, but the back end is, my concern, I guess. Yeah. No, and I, I think the defensive line is the biggest concern for me there. You know, they have four first round picks when they're all healthy, but then you go to a group that's that's a bunch of seventh round being, picks. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's in you know, rookies inside basically. FA Abata is not a rookie, but you know, Phil Mathis is a rookie. Is he ready yet? I don't know, but that's a problem. And you know, coming off having Ionitis and Tim Settle as your reserves back there and the year prior having Kerrigan come off the edge as a reserve it's that's going to be tough especially if they try to play more five-man fronts they're going to be rotating guys to keep them fresh that could be difficult so yeah yeah so yeah so so that's where that that that's where I'm, I'm at I mean realistically you can't have massive depth all over the place it just that's just that's my concern but again it's also suggesting that there's a uh, talent uh in the starting lineup all right, but next I think one. that's the case in every. Sorry, I think that's the case in every position they have, though. It's not just line. I think cornerback, hundred percent, same thing. Um, you know, linebackers. Well, linebackers, but they may not. We don't uh, even know definitively. They have two guys, um, that 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 you feel it's completely comfortable with. Like I would, if I'll maybe say safety, and that's what Percy Butler has never played a game. Derek Forrest barely played last year, and Jeremy Reeves. Exactly. Kudos it's to the him. Same thing. Yeah, I mean, tight end too. They look deep, but Armani Rogers, Curtis Hodges, Cole Turner, they've never played in an NFL game. I mean, Logan Thomas missed, what, 11 games last season? A running back is kind of in flux. That was the most solid position on the board for me. And you got a brand-new quarterback in there. So it's like neo line depth, you know, they, they were a great group last year. Then they got rid of their two starting guards. Do they have the same depth? Do they have the same continuity? I yeah. I don't know. And even like at wide receiver, like if Deami Brown had sort of taken that step forward, we could say that's some good depth. He didn't to the point that yeah. some people, I think a little bit crazy, but we're discussing like could he get yeah. cut. Um, but yes, all the way around, there are some questions uh, yeah. with the depth. Yeah. All right. Number two, what's the, fa- your, the favorite, your favorite thing that they did today? And then they did not feed us, so you can't claim that. We did talk about food with Chase Rie and Cole Holcomb, but we didn't get fed. I learned more of their grill status. Um, apparently, that locker room is a Traeger gang, as Cole Holcomb told us, meaning they, a lot of them have Traeger grills. I want to know more about the green egg people. He said he's tried you know, grilled food from the green egg. He apparently has close friends that give him food from the green egg, but what, what is the green egg? 
it's like a it's one of those fancy grills that costs too much for what it's worth um but i've always wanted to try food i think christian mccaffrey has one but by the way when you were asking questions of chase Ree and cole holcomb about these things it was to me like if you were going to send in a reel to like 60 minutes to like be in a, in a you know a, a tough hard note reporter forget talking to rivera that it's that one like you were you were you were in your element there Oh, yeah. I, I mean, this is some serious investigative reporting, never mind the fact that I don't even eat red meat. But, you know, I was curious nonetheless. <laughs> I was shocked that Kime didn't ask a follow up. Mr. Grilling over there didn't ask a follow up. Uh, like, he's, he's trying I'm to be professional and also trying to get these guys off the stage so we can uh, move through the day here. Um, all right. All that said, your favorite, your favorite thing that they did today. I'm trying to think what they did today. Why? Right, so so here, here, I'll give you mine. Mine is that it took them too long, which will be my point in a little bit too, but they did acknowledge that their their back seven depth that they had on the roster wasn't good enough. That they, I mean, it, that they, that Danny Johnson and Corn Elder, like I had Danny Johnson on the roster. Well, I mean, even on my final 53, but like at the, after the Ravens game, I'm like, all right, you know what? At this point it could, he could go. Somebody's going to stay, but like they need more help. They were like, you know what? We're not going to just pretend that this is working. Now, maybe Danny Johnson or Corn Elder come back. Rivera hinted that that's possible. But in general, they were like, not enough. They also moved off of Khalid Hudson um, at linebacker to to keep Eifler and, and Harris. Just the fact that they at least didn't like, sometimes you're like, are, are you living in your own world? Like, what's going on here? They had always like, okay, we, we, we have to do something else. So we're going to do that. So at least I was happy that, that they recognized they had issues there. But what makes you think somebody they claim off waivers will be any better you know this whoever it is will be will have been waived from another team who thought the same thing about him sure Um, i mean i i didn't i didn't get a chance to go through the whole list of waivers but obviously some guys get cut for variety of reasons you know it's the you don't want to keep the veteran you know the the guys the the guy's too good to be playing special teams but you need him as your fifth corner so you cut him or maybe there's a money thing or who knows but i mean wouldn't you probably agree without having seen any lists or maybe you've looked? Yeah, but I, I don't know if it's they came to the realization they don't have enough talent at corner if they are, or if they had to make adjustments at corner because of other things going on in the roster or if they still plan to add corners and just get guys that they'll claim off waivers or sign off the street. I don't know if it was like a come to Jesus moment about the state of their corners more so than the circumstance of the team. Yeah, I mean, look, like I said, Rivera sort of hinted that Danny Johnson or Corn Elder, if not both, could come back. And then that would be to your point. I guess I'm just saying the point of today on some level is who are the players that we think will clear waivers and who are the ones we don't? And if you're allowing cornerback, which at this point is one of the four main, you know, it's always been, I guess, one of the four main important positions on the roster. If you're willing to say that right now we have William Jackson, Kendall Fuller, still unproven Benjamin St. Juice and a seventh round pick in Christian Holmes and whatever is going to happen is going to happen. That at least to me is some acknowledgement of we don't have enough. Like we, mm-hmm. we, we're willing to risk that these guys are out of here and we'll see what happens. My favorite thing. And I always like seeing guys at the very bottom finally succeed, you know, if they've been cut multiple times or, you know, they've had to work really hard just to, you know, make people recognize their name, let alone, their game yeah um, so i like seeing that they kept Dejon harris i like seeing really like seeing that jeremy reeves made the roster he's been cut multiple times um you can see him out there working you know he was 
he's one of those good hearted people who really wants to make the team. He's incredibly genuine. Um, I feel like he's come to the podium and cried at least twice. Um, so I, it was really cool just to see him have that chance to make the roster. And, you know, as he shared, he, he lost his mother last year. So I'm, I'm sure that was an incredibly hard time for him and his family. And then for him to come out here, have a really strong camp and priest really earn a spot on the 53. I thought was pretty cool. And it was something that Ron acknowledged too. um, said he's very proud of him. He earned the spot. So I thought, I thought that was really cool. Yeah, it really was. Uh, you know, I mean, obviously we haven't been around as we have not been around the players as much over the last couple of years for reasons we all know. Um, but before that, it was really it was fun getting to know Jeremy Reeves and then still to watch him. And, you know, I had a chance to talk to him after the Carolina game and the Baltimore game. And his, you could just tell his confidence was at another level. He talked about that. And, um, yeah, it's great to see. Very happy for him. And and frankly, I'll be curious to see, does he have a real role on defense? Because you could say he's the fifth guy, but I don't know. I thought he played pretty well. And the two the two other safeties are more or less rookies. So, you know. Well, I'll be curious to see uh, if he gets a chance to actually, you know, play some some legit snaps. Um, okay. Uh, something you'd wish they had done today. Well, like you, you had uh, right. You had Justin Hamilton on the fifty three because uh, yeah, I really, I really want to include Hambone or Big Ham in head in a headline one time. <laughs> That dream was gone. And Nolan Laufenberg, who said he wants to join Space Force, he was like, oh, he could come back on the practice squad. So I've already gotten Space Force in a headline once. I could do it again. But I really want to get Big Hammer Hambone in a headline. So maybe they'll bring back Justin Hamilton. They need more size on the D-line anyway. So bring back Justin Hamilton. Hambone. Big Ham. Um, that, that, that works. Uh. That works. Uh, I, I I won't go into this too much, but like we said before, the the, the back seven depth, we, we've all been talking about this for months. I just wish they had addressed this earlier in part because what was the thing we heard back in OTAs, I want to say, as to why the defense started slow last year is because they said too many guys missed OTAs. Now it's going to be 10 days before the start of the season and they're going to be signing perhaps a fourth and fifth corner who has not currently been with the team to have to get acclimated. So. I mean, their O-line is going to take their first live snaps together in the season opener with Trey Turner being back. Chase right. Rullier, um now healthy. Um, so there, there's no avoiding that this year because of injuries, but yeah, I see your point. Um, all right. What is, uh, what are you most excited about entering the season? Most excited about entering this season. I like their uniforms. Does that count? It, it's not necessarily the, the the football idea, but I, I'm not a uniform person. Like, I mean, I don't like when people get like, oh, I can't believe they're wearing the burgundy and the white pants. And that's, you know, an outrage or whatever. I, I don't get I'm not that guy, but I, I I'm getting used to the uniforms in general. I was a little concerned at first, but I'm kind of liking them. I just can't think of many other things that, not, well, again, not to be downer, but like. Oh, we'll get to downer in a second. Uh, I, I'm going to say Carson Wentz because yeah. what, whatever is going to happen, it's either going to be one of two things. He's either going to ball out, tell everybody to shove it and make play after play down the field with these receivers that he has, or he'll <laughs> be looking to be on a fourth team in four years. Like it's hard to see because of, because of his style, it's hard to see 
in 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 between where it's sort of you know I, I you know that 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 game manager thing I just it's a he's either going to figure this out or it's going to go sideways would be my and I just think whatever's going to happen it's going to be fascinating I mean we have this team I don't think is particularly exciting but we have one of the most interesting players in the league this year in him and I think that's going to be fun one way or the other but did you think he did anything on either extreme in the preseason to me he was game manager he 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 definitely was i i i think i i think i, I just mentioned alex smith i think i used the term he looked smithian at some point uh in in some story um but as we know like there's no game planning in those things and like you know obviously the offensive line in the second game like aaron montero starting and you know he's not out there he's got a tight end who made the team but was a quarterback in college last year so i i, I don't know I, I haven't changed my opinion on Wentz either way i'm just saying so something's gonna I can't imagine he's gonna be the game manager for 17 games yeah I guess I'd say then scratch uniforms if we're going straight football I I want to see Chase Young's comeback um sure. you know how does he look can he get back to 2020 um does he make a noticeable difference in the D-lines play overall um you know he'll miss a, a total of almost a full season right um so I'm very curious to see how he comes back if he's um, worked on those counter moves, but he looks like a more polished pass rush. And just to see how he handles it mentally. I mean, that's a lot for a young player to go through that earlier in the career. Um, and if he can have a strong bounce back, I think that really bodes well for his future. So, uh, 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 I mean, if Carson Wentz is sort of the most interesting guy on the team, I Chase Young would be number two for a lot of the reasons you just said i mean uh you know whatever the future of this team is he's gonna have to produce or we're gonna have a whole conversation that nobody wants to have and last year he was disappointing before the injury but he's clearly uh you know got all the tools he's just got to put it together you mentioned the counter moves i mean absolutely fascinating to see what he uh what he's got um so the we're, we're, we got a roster uh the, the season's in like what two weeks give or take yep what do you got record record feeling vibes point, i'm going i'm i'm going seven and ten um because there any, i'm there any precedent for that or because I'm a realist, I the depth worries me on this team. The depth on the D-line, um, depth at pretty much every other position, too. Um, injuries kind of wreaked havoc on the roster throughout camp and preseason. And like you said, if you know just a couple of their starters get banged up in this season, I don't yet feel confident in their reserves to kind of fill in the void and, and, and keep it continuous. I, I feel like there could be a significant drop-off, and that's concerning. Um so yeah, I'm going. I'm going seven to ten. I think they got a good schedule that works in their favor, obviously. But you know, do they have all the pieces yet? I'm not sure. I think everything you said is sound and logical. And the only reason I'm going to go for a higher win total is you mentioned the schedule. I mean, they they won seven games last year. With they lost their starting quarter. You know, we know the deal. They lost their starting quarterback in the first half of the first game. The defense was terrible. Uh, they played every good quarterback in the league. And they had the COVID outbreak at the end of the year in ways most of the other teams in the league didn't. Mm -hmm. And yet they still won seven games. So 
if they could do that, now they have an upgraded quarterback and the defense can't be as bad and the schedule is easier. It just almost feels like by default, they're going to get to eight or nine. But yeah, the, the depth is beyond where Carson Wentz goes. The depth is definitely concerning for me, again, uh, in a sport where, you know, shit happens. At least, other than Chase Young and uh, from a football perspective, I mean, Brian Robinson is a whole other thing. They're, everybody else is coming back. Like the offensive linemen are there. Um, the tight end room was 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 crowded today, as it were. So they're at least getting these guys back, and um, it's not you know it's not a bad place to be. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, awesome. All right. Well, look, fantastic job. You made your triumphant return. Go follow Nikki on Twitter at Nikki Jabvala J H A B V A L A. Go read her at the Washington Post and. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens. The adventure is almost here.